Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Dan, and for the last time this week, you get to hear me talk about going to take our survey on the Orange or Brown Talk podcast. So if you haven't done it yet, please go to cleveland.com slash survey, all one word, and fill out our survey to help improve this podcast. Again, it's cleveland.com slash survey, all one word. And on today's edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast, Mary Kay Scott and I are going to turn the page to training camp because mini camp is over. And so now it's time to start setting up those training camp battles. So why not do a draft? We each drafted two training camp battles that we are excited to watch when this team reports back on July 27th. Now, before we get to the pod, check out Football Insider. Go to cleveland.com slash browns. It's the blue banner at the top of the page. You get access to exclusive stories on cleveland.com slash browns. A newsletter delivered to your inbox every single day with content written by one of our Browns reporting team members. And you can become one of our text subscribers. Again, cleveland.com slash Browns, the blue banner at the top of the page. All right, here is our Friday Orange and Brown Talk podcast. And here we go. We are drafting our camp battles as we spin it ahead to training camp. Now that mini camp is over, we're going to do it draft style. I'm picking number one, Mary Kay number two, and Scott number three. My number one pick, I feel like this is obvious, so I hope when I put this out there, you guys aren't shocked, but it's cornerback two. Who's going to start between Greedy Williams and Greg Newsom II? This is the battle I think we're all going to be watching from the start. It involves a second-round pick from a couple years ago, a first-round pick from this year. It involves kind of what Joe Woods prefers, as you've talked about, Scott, what, what maybe what kind of defense he wants to play this year as far as zone heavy or or man-to-man heavy you know I asked Joe Woods today if Greg Newsom could play on the inside if he maybe doesn't win that job and and he seemed to indicate that it's something they could consider but this is the battle for me which of these two guys is going to win this job and then frankly what's going to happen to the guy that doesn't win it because I think with Newsom maybe you could move him inside I don't know that you can with Greedy so that's it I, I feel like this is an obvious number one Yeah, I would have to agree with you there. Really, there are not very many starting jobs that are up for grabs on this football team. We kind of have an idea of who is going to start where, but this is one where now when they went ahead and picked Greg Newsom, number 26 overall, it really put that into mystery in terms of who's going to start there opposite Denzel Ward. Now, Greedy Williams obviously uh, has worked very, very hard to come back from his shoulder injury the nerve damage in his shoulder. But when you pick a guy number 26 overall, uh, there is a good chance that he will be starting at some point in his rookie year. He's going to start games. It's just a matter of when 
and how. Uh, is he going to start them because he's going to beat out Greedy at some point? Is he going to start them because of injuries to either Greedy or Denzel? But he will start a significant amount of games this year. Or as you mentioned, will he start inside? You know, when they go to, when they have three cornerbacks on the field, will it be those three guys? That'll be a, a really interesting battle. And Greg Newsome punctuated minicamp today, the last minicamp practice uh, until they get back for training camp with an interception off of Baker Mayfield on a deep ball over the middle. It was sort of one of the highlights of the practice today. Uh, they were hooting and hollering. The defensive guys were all excited about it. And uh, it was it was a good way for Greg Newsom to finish his, his mini camp. Yeah, I got the sense that maybe Greedy got more first team reps during this mini camp, but uh, Greg Newsom definitely was making plays that that people noticed. So they both kind of had their moments there. And the fact that, that they're both out there competing for this right now is, is huge. The fact that Greedy's healthy enough to, to be part of this at this point. I probably would have gone with this. Number one, it wasn't, it's not the one position battle I think is most important. Does Mary Kay have the next pick? I'll, I'll see if she picks it next, but uh, I probably would have gone with this just because this is definitely the one we're going to be talking the most about, but however things play out, I think the Browns will be fine either way, because either you're getting a greedy Williams who's worked his way back and is healthy enough to, to be that starter, or you're going with, with the rookie who has shown that, that he seems to be, He'd be ready to compete for a job like this again like Mary Kay said he's a he's a first round pick and you kind of expect that and either way I think they're in a great spot at, at corner going into camp okay so Mary Kay who do you have at number two well you know there were two different ways I could have gone here and I kind of went back and forth in my mind about which one I was going to take but I'm picking the one that I find to be sort of the most interesting to me I, I won't say what the other one is until we go through a round or two but I'm going to go with the number three receiver here. Uh, I just find this to be a very, very interesting battle. In watching some of this over the last few days, Donovan Peoples-Jones looks really good. Kaderil Hodge looks really good. Then you've got Rashard Higgins, who was out injured today. We don't know what his injury is. Actually, he was injured yesterday, too. And then Anthony Schwartz, who I thought that Anthony... Uh, would have an opportunity to kind of challenge for some playing time, primarily because of his speed. He's been set back by a hamstring injury, uh, which kind of gives rise to Donovan Peoples-Jones a little bit and Kaderil Hodge. The early reviews on those guys are really good. Even Baker sort of singled out Donovan Peoples-Jones for praise. You know, they, they really like him. The team is really excited about him. He was a, a great find, a great bargain in the sixth round. And I think he's poised to uh, to make a little bit of a name for himself this season. I wonder what what year will we get to the point where we're not talking about the third wide receiver on this team? Never. Yeah. It hasn't happened since I've been on the beat, but uh, it's, it's like this recycled thing that we just, it's always comes up because they have, they have two guys who are clearly number one and number two. And so who's that third guy? Even though the Browns use 11 personnel with three receivers less than almost every other team, last year they still that's still like 500 snaps so it, it's like 44 percent it's the formation or the personnel grouping that they use more than any other and we talk about third wide receiver like he's almost never on the field but actually he is quite a bit so this is uh, an important spot and I thought it was interesting when I think it was Baker when he was asked about the receivers 
a couple days ago, Peoples Jones was the first person he mentioned. He just said right away how great he looked and he was in shape and running really well and, and doing everything that he needed to do. So yeah, this is shaping up to be, I think, more of a competition maybe with more people than I originally anticipated. I mean, Hodge is like the wild card here because I don't think anybody expected him to be in that competition last year. And then we get to training camp and he's the guy out there uh, in that third spot. So it's it's certainly something that we're going to keep an eye on. How does Anthony Schwartz fit into that? And then that's in and there's the whole returner side of things. So I think it's definitely it's, it's right up there with with cornerback as far as something we're going to be talking a lot about when camp starts. Yeah, this should be a fun battle to watch. And I think it's interesting that it is sort of the same cast of characters with a couple wrinkles. And, and like credit to Kadero Hodge, right? Just kind of keeps hanging on. Last year, won that job, like you said, Scott, kind of a surprise out of nowhere thing, but has followed that up and has kept hanging on. And Richard Higgins, right? Every year we're doing this. And Scott, maybe this is a good time for you for your rant again. Every year we're doing this with Richard Higgins, kind of trying to replace him. And then he just ends up back on the field producing. So he, this is such a tough situation. And I don't know. I almost wonder if there won't be like one third receiver. I suppose there probably will be a guy that gets the bulk of the playing time there, but depending on how much 11 they use, maybe if they go to some four wide receiver sets, even things like that, if we're just going to see a, a certain level of, you know, here's, here's Higgins in this matchup and here's Hodge in this matchup. And, you know, a guy like Anthony Schwartz, I think it's going to take a very specific matchup to put Anthony Schwartz on the field, because I just don't know how refined he is as a receiver. You know, we've seen lots of fast guys come into the league. You know, John Ross, I don't even know where John Ross is right now, but he signed somewhere, but I know he's not with the Bengals anymore. But I think the Browns are really smart about this. And I think they'll find specific matchups to use him in right now. So I think that's maybe really more how this third receiver thing might shake out where, hey, this is a week for you, Anthony Schwartz. And this is a week for you, Richard Higgins. And hey, Kadero, we need an extra special teamer. So this is the week for you, whatever it is. I just wonder if that's how this third receiver position is going to play out. Yeah. And then you cannot also forget Demetric Felton. I mean, I think that they're going to want to try to, to get him on the field at times too. It, it really is like they almost have too many talented players on offense. I know it's a good problem to have, but Alex Van Pelt and Kevin Stefanski and the rest of the, those offensive coaches are going to have to be really creative to try to figure out how to get all their weapons onto the field and utilize them to the fullest extent. It is going to be very, very difficult. Scott also mentioned Jojo Natson. I mean, you know, that's a, that's a situation where, you know, he was, they had a package of plays in for him. Now maybe you give those to Anthony Schwartz and let Jojo Natson just focus on the returning this year. And he doesn't play as much on offense. There are a lot of guys to get out on the field. And I agree with you, Dan, I think, not only will they play more three wides and more four wides this year because of the talent they have, but I also think that, uh, that it will be matchup driven when you need the speed guy, you throw, you can throw some Anthony in there. When you need a possession guy, you throw uh, Richard Higgins in there. You know, there's just a lot of different ways and moving parts that you can put in there. I've kind of backed away from my Browns hate Richard Higgins uh, stance. I think maybe they might hate Jojo Natson at this point because they drafted <laughs> Anthony Schwartz, another speedster. They got Demetric Felton back there returning kicks. So he, he might be the guy now, but if Higgins hangs on, I, I think I might have to, I might have to uh, take back what I said about the Browns not liking him. I mean, Higgins has sort of just continued to force his way in. You know, that's, that's just sort of what he does. I can't imagine the Browns would, would cut him after what he did last season. I, I think he's, he's pretty safe in that spot. All right. 
Scott, you're up. Is, is your pick still on the board? I feel like the number one overall pick just fell into my lap. Uh, and, and it's defensive tackle. And I'll tell you the reason why I put this above maybe the, the two we've talked about. The cornerback and at wide receiver, no matter what decision they go with, we're talking about spots where they have lots of talent and we've seen those players perform, or at least, you know, in, in some cases like Newsom, we expect him to perform at a high level. Uh, you kind of have a good idea of maybe what you're getting there. At, at any rate, those are positions with a lot of depth and talent. Where as defensive tackle, we're not really sure, not just who's going to be the main two guys in there, but also what the rotation is going to be like and who's going to, you know, who, who the backups are and who, who's going to rotate in there. It's just caught all kind of up in the air at this point. Uh, we heard Joe Woods talk about how Andrew Billings, while being a grown man, <laughs> is not in great football shape at this point uh, after taking the year off. And I think a lot of people expected him and Malik Jackson to be the, maybe the, the leaders in the clubhouse uh, going into the off season. Tommy Togiai, I've uh, heard good things about him during this camp, but then, you know, Jordan Elliott and just the list goes on. Marvin Wilson, who got the big signing bonus as the undrafted free agent. You got Malik McDowell in there. Damian Square, who played significant minutes for the Chargers last year. So, you know, that's a group that could go either way. And I don't know, we, we can't really say, all right, well, it's a deep group because we're not really sure. So I think however that shakes out, they're going to be putting a lot of responsibility on, on the guys who ultimately get those spots. And we just kind of have to wait and see how they're going to perform. Well, I will tell you that whole defensive line was the most spirited group uh, of this entire mini camp. Now, maybe that was in part because they were the closest group to us and we could hear them and see them better than we could hear and see anything else. But these guys were fired up over the last three days. The competition was fierce. Uh, the, you know, the personalities were out in full force. Uh, they made a lot of noise. They were, they went through their drills uh, like they were, you know, like there was a, a cake at the end of the, the road. <laughs> they were just fired up. And uh, it, it was interesting. Malik Jackson, he was very, very active. He looks like he, he fits the bill. He's happy to be here. And I, I see him as an immediate starter. Andrew Billings, you know, he, he was in there with the first team with Malik. It was those two guys consistently. Of course, as we know, they thought maybe they could get Sheldon Richardson back. He signed with the Vikings. That didn't turn out the way they actually really hoped. As you said, it is, it is an important position to fill. And they've got a lot, of, a lot of bodies. They've got a lot of competition. Right now, those are the two front runners, Malik Jackson, Andrew Billings. And Joe Woods really made it seem today that Andrew is going to be a key part of the rotation. If he doesn't start, he's going to be a key part of the rotation. And you're right, Tommy Togiai had a really nice, very solid mini camp. He's played a high level of football at Ohio State. You know, he looks like he is a football player. He's passed the eyeball test in minicamp. Malik McDowell got out there and practiced today. You want to talk about passing the eyeball test from a physical standpoint. He is, you know, he is just one of those physical specimens. He's a big guy uh, and, and he eats up a lot of space in there. And I thought he moved. He's got a hamstring injury, but I thought he moved well on the sleds today. I thought he moved well on the bags today even though once again, he's coming off of, of an injury. Uh, so he looks good. Jordan Elliott, I, like he never, he, he never really completely stood out to me in this camp where like he popped and I thought, wow, we're going to see a lot of him this year. So he's somebody that, that I think he probably needs to pick it up a little bit. I think he needs to take it up a notch. There's a lot going on inside there. 
and I, I think it is a, it's a great competition. I, I want to see where Tommy Togiai ends up in all this. I, I think, you know, watching him and again, in minicamp, we're not seeing these guys go against offensive linemen and have to get off blocks and all that stuff. We, we're watching these drills and we're watching how they move in these drills and how explosive they are. And we're watching them run around and, and all this stuff. And I want, I thought Togiai really was impressive in that aspect. He looked athletic. You know, I mean, defensive linemen aren't just, you know, big fat guys anymore. They're athletic, they move, and, and Togi, I kind of fit that bill a little bit. So I think he's going to press for, for playing time this year. I, I would kind of put a circle around his name. And, you know, a guy like Jordan Elliott, this is kind of – I don't want to say it's it for him. Obviously, he was a third-round pick. They've got plenty of time with him. But, I, you know, he's going to have to fight. There's nothing given for him, I, I don't think. And, and I keep going back to last year. He played all those snaps, and I, just, I can't recall – hearing his name and that's you know i know that's not the, the entire position at defensive tackle but you know I, you do want to hear a guy's name called every now and again so i think i think togia is going to push a little bit and then on top of that you brought in malik jackson you you have malik mcdowell who's this super intriguing athlete and you know again looks the part so you know we'll see we'll see what happens when these guys have to go against nfl offensive linemen and and how they do but uh, you know again togia is a guy that stood out and, and some of these other guys, I, that, that is a very interesting position. I wouldn't have made it my number one pick Scott, but I do think that is a, a very good, a very good. Choice. It's got the most question marks. I think, yeah, I think by so. far it could go the most ways, right? Like yeah. it could be, it could be kind of chalky what we think is going to happen, or it could be like Tommy Togi and Jordan Elliott starting there. I bet you Malik, I, I, I have a very strong feeling that Malik Jackson will be one of the starters just from a sheer ex- experience standpoint, right at the very beginning of the season. He just, I mean, he just looks like a leader on that field. He, lo- he looks ready to just jump in there and own that position. So I'm penciling him in at least for, for now. Yeah, I, I am too. I'm, I'm just, the, the, the point I was making is I think there's a lot of variance here, right? Yes. Like oh, a yeah, cornerback definitely. too, it's, it's going to be greedy or newsome here. It could be who knows what could, what could right. happen. But yeah, I think Malik Jackson is probably probably a safe bet if, if you were going to put money on somebody. Right. My second pick, to start the second round, I think I'll just go a level back and I'll, I'll take the linebackers here. I, I want to know who's going to start at that outside linebacker position. So Anthony Walker, most likely you're starting Mike. This week it was a lot of Sione, Takitaki, and Mac Wilson. This is kind of the default time of year. It was a Wusu Koromoa on the second unit. Uh, Elijah Lee was getting work on the second unit. I don't think we saw a lot of Malcolm Smith. Scott and I were talking before we started recording here. I, I don't think we saw a lot of Malcolm Smith in team drills. So we didn't really get to see where he fit into all of that. So I'm going to go with this, uh, this outside linebacker battle. Who's going to be the second and third guys in that group? And we might not see the third guy a whole lot, but, but who are they going to be? Because I'm not sure that it's going to end up being Taki Taki and Mac Wilson. I, I will say the best thing I think Joe Woods said today was when he was talking about Awusu Koromoa, they're, they're taking it slow with him. They're putting him at linebacker. They're not going to throw too much on his plate and they'll kind of expand from there. I think that's the right approach with him, but I, I want to see who steps up and, and maybe takes those jobs next to Anthony Walker. Yeah. Anthony Walker really established himself also as a leader. They have a lot of leaders on this defense. That's why I think they'll come together so quickly. Uh, they've got a lot of guys with great experience and leadership. Anthony, Malik, John Johnson. I mean, these are guys that have played a high level of football on good defenses. They know what they're doing. These are not a bunch of young guys uh, that, that just showed up here 
and they're going to try to put the pieces together. There's some really, really good depth and experience and leadership and, and they're vocal and they're spirited. And, and I, I think it's going to come together pretty quickly. And as far as linebacker is concerned, I still ultimately see it being JOK. They just like him too much not to get him on the field right away. I think they'll at least try uh, to have him out there as a starter right away. And then Anthony's going in the middle. And I think the other spot will be interesting between Sione Takitaki, uh, the incumbent strong side backer versus I think Jacob Phillips, because if you expect Jacob to take that step up this year, then you have to find a spot for him in base defense. And he would, he'd have to either rotate with or take over the strong side spot. I just, that's, I don't see where else you could put him. It could be that it could be Sione. It could be Jacob, but I think that's kind of the way it'll shake out. And then I've consistently been saying, I think it will be Anthony number four now and JOK when they're in the sub packages. Yeah. They kept six linebackers last season and really they, I mean, they could, they could keep the six main guys again this season. They're only 30th in linebacker payroll this season. So it's not like they got a lot invested in these guys or they would have to, you know, cut bait because someone isn't getting playing time. Tony Fields throws kind of a, a wrench into things because he would be kind of a seventh guy there. I don't know if, if he's somebody you try to get to the practice squad or not. You do have a lot of bodies. And we saw at one point this offseason, I went through and I counted up snaps for main linebackers on just about every team. And the Browns by far had the most guys getting the most snaps. You had, I think, four guys getting at least 200 snaps. There was a fifth guy get, who got, I think it was Phillips, got over 170 something like that. So a lot of guys played last season and you have to wonder if that's really what Joe Woods wants to see. I think ultimately you want to get someone like JOK who can potentially be a three down guy. So you're not rotating in people and you don't get stuck having Taki Taki falling into coverage where even though he made some plays last season, he's really not suited for that role. So, I mean, do they keep six again? We'll have to see, but I know that it certainly wouldn't hurt them financially if they wanted to keep, you know, Mac Wilson, Taki Taki, Phillips Smith, all these guys. But I think it's like defensive tackle. There's just a lot of question marks because we're not really sure how the rotation is going to shake out. Can I ask how we all feel about Anthony Walker switch to number four? I don't like it. I don't like 28 for JOK either. I don't like it. <laughs> Are we too old school? <laughs> I think so. But I mean, you know, I just, I have, it's just so, so ingrained in my mind, what position you play depending on what number range you're in. And that's going to be a hard habit to break. I love it. I love knowing that I can look out there and see a dude wearing a single number on defense and know who that guy is instead of seeing two guys with a five and another number and thinking, wow, is that Wilson at 51? Is that, is that Phillips at 50, you know, or so, the difference between 58 and 56. I'm, I'm all about number four. I'm, I'm, I'm cool with it. Anything that makes things easier to see from the press box is great for me. I think the problem is we associated too much with Phil Dawson. Yeah. So it's like, and then uh, didn't Austin Seibert wear number four? So it's like number four, that's a kicker number. So I think here, at least in Cleveland, uh, well, for me, I associated too much with like a kicker. So I've got to, I guess I've got to get over that. Anthony Walker is going to have to change my perception there of what the number four represents. Mm-hmm. Why is he number four? Do we know that yet? I, he was on the radio. We, I don't think we know yet. I don't, so know. I don't know anything too crazy about it. Cause maybe there's some amazing story behind it. So yeah, we'll find out. Uh, we'll tread, soon. we'll tread carefully. 
right. uh, with, with that. Maybe, maybe that was his number in college or something or high school. All right, Mary Kay, your second pick. I am going with the number two safety here after John Johnson. And the reason why I'm doing that is because in a perfect world, Grant Delpit will be 100% healthy and he will go and claim the starting job that is rightfully his and that he's supposed to be in and that he was supposed to have last year. But coming off of an Achilles, a ruptured Achilles, he looks great so far, but he's easing back into it. And I just don't know yet uh, if he will be 100% ready to go by the start of the season for full duty and full action. And I think it'll be a pretty good battle between him and Ronnie Harrison. He really didn't get, you know, a ton of teamwork in this mini camp. He got some, you know, they're going to ease him in and they'll ramp him up during training camp as well. Meanwhile, it's an opportunity for, for Ronnie Harrison to say, Hey, look at me, you know, look what I can do. You know, he played some good football last year. He's a ball. He's got a nose for the ball. He's a ball Hawk. He knows where to be. You know, I think he's big in the turnover game, the takeaway game, and that's huge. And Grant Delpit has never played a down of NFL football yet. So even though we expect him to be really great and they expect him to be great, the truth of the matter is we don't know any of that yet. And they know what they have in Ronnie Harrison. You know, when you're going up against the Kansas City Chiefs in the first game, Grant Delpit has to make up a lot of ground to be able to be out there and be ready to, you know, to go head to head with Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, deal with Patrick Mahomes. So I, I just think it's a pretty good battle. It strikes me we're having this conversation about about the Browns at safety and, and how they have all this talent. And I know Mary Kay said too much talent, but you know, like it's it just reminds me of running back, you know, how many teams have that situation or tight end, but the Browns have a really good situation. We just started talking about Greedy Williams and Grant Delpit, and then you got Denza or Greedy Williams and Greg Newsom, and you got Denzel Ward on the other side. I mean, you know, trying to figure out who's who's going to fit in there. And then same thing here with safety, where you got three guys who, if they are all healthy and ready to go, it's just a great situation for this team to be in. Grant Delpit's not great a great tackler, and I think they're probably going to want to put him in positions where he's in coverage more than he's in the box trying to defend the run. Not that he can't get better. I mean, we saw Greedy Williams have a really good year. Uh, as a rookie, as a tackler, after a lot of question marks uh, with him coming out of LSU. But uh, I think maybe that's where you see the split between him and Ronnie Harrison this year. They have Ronnie kind of maybe some of those early downs and then Grant Delpit kind of eases in as a guy that they know that they're going to match up with someone in coverage. And and maybe that's a way to ease him in health-wise too, where he's not putting that much of a load, you know, on his body in his first, you know, NFL season. I wondered if this was going to come up, if one of you was going to pick this, because if it wasn't, I, I was going to bring it up as maybe one of the ones we missed. Cause I, I think it's an interesting conversation and, you know, obviously look, they drafted Grant Delpit, picked him in the second round. He's a priority for them, but they did also make a trade to bring in Ronnie Harrison and the NFL changes year to year. And like, if Ronnie Harrison is the better player then Ronnie Harrison should play and they'll, they'll find snaps for all these guys. But you know, I think ultimately Grant Delpit is probably better if he's healthy and they're both 100%. But there could be a world where maybe they just got this great steal in Ronnie Harrison and he ends up being the better player. I mean, that could certainly happen. We don't know. Um, I, I think it's a good problem to have, honestly, to have these two guys. But, yeah, that's I, I'm glad you made this pick because 
you know, Joe Woods did say today that he's, it, Ronnie Harrison looks like a completely different player than, than what he was last year. And, you know, for as little as we could see, when I looked out there, I did see number 33 flying around a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think he fits the bill of what they want in that position. And, and the reason they went and traded for him is because of that after they lost Grant Talbot. So this is a really, it's going to be really interesting to see how that all plays out over the course of training camp, because there is a chance Ronnie Harrison could, could certainly win that job if they're both healthy. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it is key as Joe Woods mentioned that, I mean, he didn't show up until September last year. He didn't have any kind of, you know, all those off season zooms for all the installation and a training camp with the team. I mean, he just got thrown right into it and then he got injured too uh, against the Jaguars. So uh, he was out for a while. It was, it was kind of a tumultuous year for him and now he's settled in. He, he knows his role and he knows the defense and now he can play fast and not be thinking. All right, Scott, you are up with our last pick here. Man, I can go two different ways here. I... <laughs> well, you got, you got a pick and then you got an undrafted free agent you can sign. Yeah. All right. So I guess what I'm going to go with here is kick returner slash punt returner. It was the same situation last year. You got some of the same guys, you know, and we, we touched on this with a wide receiver conversation with Jojo Nansen, Donovan Peoples-Jones. They've been getting a lot of, a lot of reps. Demetric Felton has been back there. I think those were the three guys who were taking most of the, of the reps, uh, the first day of mini camp. Preferred today talked about how he sees Felton maybe being that dual guy at some point who can do both kick and punt return. It's kind of the way Dernis Johnson did, kind of the way Dontrell Hilliard did uh, before him. As a punt returner, whoever they, they, they need to do better than they did last year. Peoples Jones, while he did get a lot of credit for kind of stepping in and taking over those roles when Natson got hurt, he averaged like four yards uh, per punt return, which is not good. The Browns have not had a threat at punt returner since Travis Benjamin, you know, and that was 2015. So it's, it's been a while. And for all the high fives that happened with Jabril Peppers was, was drafted. That never really came to fruition as a returner here. So I think whoever gets that, you know, they need to do better than, than the four yards per carry. And uh, Anthony Schwartz has been someone that was a possibility. And people said, well, if they could get somebody who can catch the ball and hand it to them, that'd be great today. Cause uh, he's definitely has the speed, but actually, Catching the punts might be somewhat of a, a process to get him to that point. But they have guys who, who are candidates, who have experience. But, you know, it, they just – it needs to be – on a team like this, I think you need to have better than four yards per return. That was not a ringing endorsement of Schwartz when he said that. Yeah, this is a good one. I mean, there are – like you said, there are candidates – and they do need somebody to step up. They really do. And, you, you, know, you've, you know, you've got some guys that uh, I think are pretty well suited to kick returner. I mean, he uh, Prefer said today that that is a spot that he thinks that Anthony Schwartz could actually work at is kick returner. Maybe not necessarily, uh, as you guys mentioned, punt returner. But if Donovan Peoples-Jones is going to do it, he has to step it up. Yeah, it's, it's a spot that uh, it's there for the taking. I mean, JoJo Nansen... Coming off the ACL, he's going to have to be 100% healthy uh, to do that job. But, I mean, I think he can. He can do it if he's healthy. But, once again, we just don't know where he's going to be physically. Scott, what was your other one? I think it was kicker because that's always a topic of conversation. I mean, there's actually someone in camp this year to, to uh, have a competition, you know, with Cody Parkey. And that's Chase McLaughlin, who I uh, mentioned before we came on. He scored for five different teams over the last two seasons, 
he's been with eight different teams over that span. He's just like this, this constant injury replacement. Um, so it's not someone he's young, but it's not someone who's coming in having never kicked and trying to, you know, dethrone Cody Parkey, who Mike Pieper said put on about what, seven or eight pounds of muscle this off season. Cause he, he did want him to get a little stronger as we always do in camp. We're going to be keeping track of who misses and who makes them during, during special teams drills. And then, you know, we're actually going to get preseason games this year where we can kind of see guys kicking in, in real time. I imagine it's going to take a lot to, to dethrone Cody Parkey and not that he had a great season, but just he's the guy who's been here, but it's a kicking, kicking competition and people pay attention to that. We get our share of people upset with Cody Parkey. <laughs> you know, nobody has confidence in him uh, in the playoffs, apparently, even though he didn't miss, but we, we, we constantly see those emails and texts for sure. Mm-hmm. In, in our, in our text replies, we get a lot of, uh, a lot of Cody Parkey stuff in there. Yeah. We'll, we'll just say that. Mary Kay, did you have any extras or, or anything that, that we missed or did we get no. them all? Cause yeah. I don't, I don't think I have anybody that, that, I, that we missed here. No. I mean, there's no real, there's no real battle at defensive end. Mm-mm. It's no. going to be clowny. So yeah. Maybe no, the third no. running back with Dernis Johnson and Demetrius yeah. Felton. That's probably a, a yeah. spot that, that's being battled for. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the one thing that I will say in, in, in wrapping up this minicamp is just an overarching thought it is I don't know that I've covered a more talented football team on both sides of the ball, offense and defense. They look like a really good football team from a talent standpoint. And that was a huge takeaway for me, uh, just looking out at that defense and thinking, wow, they really did completely overhaul it. And now it has the talent to match up with and complement all that talent over there on offense that I still don't know how they're going to be able to get everybody fed. We're looking at a team that should win a ton of football games this year and make a lot of noise in the NFL. Well, we got five weeks until these battles really get going for real before training camp. And of course, we'll keep going with the Orange and Brown Talk podcast all the way up to training camp. Uh, so don't worry about that. And shout out to uh, Ruth. We actually went, we're at about 35 minutes right now, at least on my clock. Maybe it gets shortened with some edits here. But uh, she said that she's been disappointed with our, our podcast this week because she hasn't been able to get her full cardio workouts in. So <laughs> Ruth, we care about your health. So we went a little bit longer today. Hopefully you got some makeup time uh, listening to this podcast today for, for some of those workouts that you cut short. Uh, for Listen those to of us on half speed. That's the trick. Just <laughs> there you go. Just, just slow it down a little bit. Perfect. <laughs> if you're not subscribed to the podcast, make sure you are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play. Make sure you're a Football Insider subscriber. Uh, Cleveland.com slash Browns, the blue banner at the top of the page. And there's still time to take that survey if you haven't yet. Cleveland.com slash Orange Brown survey, all one word. For Scott and Mary Cam Dan, thanks for listening, everybody.